0: I missed it the first gathering, but they put my failure up there and put the next generation of David's success up there. That's really how it should be, shouldn't it? Huh? Those that go before, we tell the next generation, we show them our failures, right? Show them our scars and lessons in order for them to succeed and get confidence in the Lord. Well, you know, isn't it good to uh, experience joy with God's people? And that's what that video highlights. Uh, just the joy of His presence and His goodness. And today, we are not in a series, so I have the privilege and honor of preaching one message, a standalone uh, message, and we had a good first gathering. And I reminded the first gathering, <clears throat> when I came up, That you know you can't stop the church of Jesus Christ The church of Jesus Christ has worship from caves to cathedrals But the point is is the church you can't stop from gathering And you can't stop their worship Amen And uh, there is no government in this world that can stop the body of Christ You know why? Because the church is not built on outward things. It's built on an inward reality of the revelation of who Jesus is. And a people willing to confess that and experience the invisible kingdom. And that is unstoppable. And we're a part of that. Amen? And, uh, you know, I remember times, you know, worshiping the Lord without lights, without sound. And we did that today as well. And that that just reminds us that you can't stop the worship of God's people that will re- be redeemed out of every nation, tongue, and tribe. Wasn't it good to hear the tongues up here this morning, uh, the tongues of men and women that we understand uh, as far as English and Spanish and Portuguese and Tagalog? And uh, I love each of those cultures, and uh, we still need to plant at least a church in two of those. We need to get a Portugal, Portuguese uh, church, so that leaves us with Brazil or Portugal. We need to plant a church somewhere where there's Spanish speaking as well. Amen. May the Lord do it. Well, I want to read out of Psalm 107, verse 1 and 2. Psalm 107, we're going to look at several passages from this beautiful psalm. You know, Psalm 107 is a pivotal psalm, bless you, uh, in the history and the course of what God has and uh, has done in the life of this community called Dwelling Place. And uh, I want to read the first two scriptures of Psalm 107 first. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I want to preach a message today titled, Trend Lines. Trend Lines, let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that name is above every name. And Lord, I thank you for a people gathered that you make us unashamed of that name in that name is salvation from sin, forgiveness and deliverance and the defeat of demons and curses and the plans of the enemy off people's lives. We exalt that name Jesus, the name above every name. We ask Holy Spirit that you would come and reveal the reality of that name, the authority in that name, the provisions and the promises in that name to us today. I yield to you Holy Spirit, we give you the glory. Lord Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. I have been on a new journey in in life. You know, God is a God of knowledge, right? All true knowledge and wisdom is found in Christ. Paul says in Colossians 2, and there's so much knowledge of God to learn, so many different aspects of, of the world that you can learn realities of God and his ways, but I have this year been on a journey of of learning uh, the ways of the economy and the ways of financial markets globally but but specifically here in america and uh, if you're not familiar with the stock market or the markets of stocks of companies, one of the things that's important when it comes to stocks and the stock market is what's called Trend lines. Trend lines. A trend line by definition is an upward or downward line on a chart indicating movements of average prices as of stocks over a period of time. So a trend line is either an upward or downward line primarily that indicates the average price and direction of the stock or the over. Uh, all stock market. The way you determine these trend lines is through the use of charts. Now there's many different charts that stock analysts and uh, stock market analysts and people in the financial sector use. There's what's called the daily chart. But the daily chart just gives you a glimpse of the trend for that day. But then there's what's called the weekly chart. Then there's the monthly chart, the yearly chart, and then a five-year chart. Those are the primary charts that's used to determine a trend line versus is the trend line for the day upward or downward? Is the weekly trend line of this stock or the stock market as a whole upward or downward? You get the example. Now when you look at these charts, they also use what's called the moving averages. So I look at what's called the 10... Day moving average, the 50-day moving average, or the 200-day moving average of a stock or the stock market. There is what's called the Dow industrial stocks. That's made up of industrial companies of the Dow. And then you have the S&P 500, which is the 500 most capital, capital or worth the most financially of the top 500 companies, and then you have the NASDAQ that's made up of your technology companies, and you have your different sectors. Now, when you look at the stock market and you look at these different Dow Jones or NASDAQ or even an individual stock, you'll find that they're either in three trends. A downward trend, an upward trend, or a sideways trend. Now, the sideways trend sometimes is just called a sideways channel. A sideways channel but this is my message and so I'm going to call it a sideways trend. Now when a downward trend gets established a stock or the stock market can go down so far that it becomes what is referred to and maybe you've heard we've been in one a bear market. If you're not familiar what a bear market is let me tell you by definition a bear market is when the stock market falls 20% or more from the most recent high, okay, of that stock or stock market. A bull market is the reverse. It's when stocks, for a sustained period of time, continue to rise. That's the difference, if you've ever heard, between a bear market versus a bull market. You say, Pastor Chad, what does this have to do with me? Well, I'm glad you asked. God, who is an invisible God, Jesus Christ that we've not physically seen, yet He obviously has a physical, a type of physical body, right? And came in the flesh on this earth. We are in His kingdom that currently comes first in an invisible manner. So God seeks to use things that are visible to us to relate back to invisible realities of Him and His kingdom. And it's the same when it comes to understanding downward trends, upward trends or sideways trends of the stock market that this can draw us back to a reality that you and I face in our life and that's this. You and I, when it comes to our heart, when it comes to our head, when it comes to our hand, when it comes to our walk in our life, have a trend. We have a trend. And it's wise for you and I, as Pastor Craig mentioned, as today starts the new year for the church of Jesus Christ historically, to look at recent trends in our life. Now that can be encouraging or it can be discouraging because you might look at your trend so far today, you say, Pastor Chad, I'm in a downward trend. I woke up and it was foggy and I had to heat up too much. And I woke up and I just felt like so comfy in the covers. And it was like an elephant was laying on me just to get up. And I'm in a downward trend. I'm thinking about my snuggy tail right now. And how warm I was. And you got the air condition on Pastor Chad. You might feel like today you're in a downward trend. But in this moment you can reflect. And, and look. But the last month, six months, you've been in an upward trend and your walk with God. Or maybe it's the vice versa. Maybe today you feel upbeat and you feel like, man, God's working in my heart, and right now I feel like I'm in an upward trend in this moment. But as you reflect upon the 50-day moving average of where your heart's been going, your head's been going, your hand's been going, the direction of your life, you've actually been in maybe a downward trend. So let me talk about this for a moment. Let me first talk about the downward trend. Did you know that humanity's been in a downward trend? That because of the first man, Adam and Eve, Eve was deceived, Adam willfully disobeyed God. That since the sin of mankind, humanity has been in a downward trend, a downward trend. The downward trend represents the trend of Satan. Satan is referred to the lawless one, and humanity, when we begin to obey his voice and there in the garden, and follow His lawlessness and rebellion, we entered into, as humans, a downward trend. You see the downward trend in the nations. You see how nation after nation constantly moves further and further from acknowledging God of creation, looking to Him for His counsel and His wisdom. Listen to me. You would think at any time, at least in our lifetime. That the nations of the world would look for the counsel and the help of Almighty God would be what we're in and what we've been in. And yet you turn on news channel after news channel. You listen to political speech after political speech. You listen to president or king after king. And you don't see a trend of moving and beseeching for the hand and the wisdom of God to help us and what we're facing, pandemics, global drought in some places, wars, destitution, and a financial world economy that is collapsing, collapsing before our eyes. The downward trends, the trend of Satan, the trend of lawlessness, it's been the trend of the nations. In fact, Second Chronicles 33.2 speaks to this. It says, the abominations of the nations. Human history has been nations that have been on a downward trend of turning away from God and depending on God and seeking God and asking for His count, counsel. And therefore, the trend has been the abominations of the nations. It's what the spirit of wisdom refers to in Proverbs fourteen thirty four. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people or a nation. The downward trend of sin is a reproach. It's moving away from righteousness and what is right and what is God's desire because 1 John 3 4 says, Sin is lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Listen, not against, we're not talking about just laws of nations because nations can make actually ungodly laws. You can have people uh, obeying a law of a nation and they're actually being ungodly because the law in and of itself is ungodly. We're talking about, when sin is lawlessness, we're talking about the law of God, the standard of God. The trend line, the downward trend, also speaks to the trend of pride. Human self-glory. Human self-dependence. Human selfishness. In 2 Kings 21, 13, God speaks through His prophet to the old covenant people, Jerusalem. And He says, A Jerusalem... You are beginning to partake of the abominations and follow the trend line of the nations around you though you were not a people and yet because you were few in number and because you were in the bondage of slavery to Pharaoh, I sent... My hand through my Redeemer, Moses, brought you out of your slavery and bondage, began through my word and spirit to form you into a people and a nation, gave you my laws that would protect you and guide you, and that would allow you to begin to prosper and experience my goodness. And yet now you find yourself following in the same trend line and abominations of the nations around you. And God, through the prophet Isaiah, says to the old covenant people, But the word of the Lord was, or 2 Kings 21, 13, I will stretch out over Jerusalem the measuring line used against Samaria and the plumb line used against the house of Ahab. I will wipe out Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. What do you see? That there is a measuring line, a trend line that God has. And when someone begins to go against God's trend and God's will, they find themselves in the downward trend line of humanity and sin. And Lucifer, who has become the devil, the enemy of all mankind in Jerusalem, because they began to participate in that downward trend of pride, they experienced judgment. Isaiah 28, it talks about how the downward trend of pride can continue so long in a nation that they become crowned in pride, crowned in self glory, self dependence, crowned in this downward trend of no longer seeking godly counsel and asking for the mercy of Almighty God and the hand of God and the wisdom of God to help us with the complexities and the difficulties amongst the nations or in a nation. And in Isaiah 28, 2, it says this, Behold, the Lord has a mighty and strong hand who will bring them down to the earth. Meaning, when you refuse God's trend line and humans and nations do, they get stuck in a downward trend and the hand of God will push them all the way down. All the way down to the ground. Meaning things will get worse and worse and worse. In hopes that they would want to experience a new trend line. That's how God seeks to use the downward trend line. To make people miserable and so stressed. And things so complex and difficult. That they would seek another way. Another way. So the downward trend line... Is like the trend line of pride. The trend line of pride. In Isaiah 28 and 13, God said through the prophet, but the word of the Lord was to them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Notice that, line upon line, the measuring line of God's truth. But it says that they might go and fall backwards and be broken and snared and caught. Because they refused the trend line of God, precept upon precept, God's counsel upon God's counsel, they stayed in the downward trend line. And because they stayed in the downward trend line, they were then what destined to fall backward for things to get worse. It goes on in verse 15. It said they made a covenant with death. They made lies their refuge under falsehood. They hidden ourselves. When re- listen to me. When resistance to the precepts of God continue, a downward trend continues and things continue to get worse. Psalms 107.10, this brings us to our main passage today. It says, those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death bound in affliction and irons because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore He brought down their heart with labor. They fell down. Everybody say down. And there was none to help. In verse 17 of Psalms 107, the psalmist continues, says fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities were afflicted. And Psalm 107 in verse 33 and 34, it continues. The psalmist says, he turns rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into a dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of those who dwell in it. Did you see the theme? Listen, the psalmist says that people are in bondages Bondages of iron, they're in affliction. They're experiencing barrenness because of deliberate disobedience to the trend line and standard of God. Here's the point. All bondages do not come without a cause. When people get in bondage and enslaved to sin and strongholds and addiction, that doesn't just happen by happenstance. There's a cause. All curses do not come without a cause. There is a cause for curses. Now, if you're new to understanding curses or biblical teachings or the following Jesus, let me define for you what a curse is. A curse is a demonic supernatural empowerment to fail in God's will. That's what a curse is. A curse is demonic empowerment to fail in God's plan and will for your life. And curses do not come without a cause. Listen, strongholds, strongholds of addiction, strongholds of oppression do not come without a cause. Here's another way to say it. Bondages have a cause, curses have a cause, and strongholds have a cause. And notice those that's referenced, the bondages in our passages we looked at, these bondages came due to willful rebellion, disobedience, and hardness of heart to the known will of God. For those of you that's been in transformation phase of the divine design of discipleship, here in growth phases, we refer to that as willful sin. Willful sin and willful disobedience will cause curses or cause bondages or cause affliction to come. Now, there's other types of curses and bondages that are different than those that are caused by willful sin and disobedience and hardness of heart to what is known of God's will for your life. This is what is called generational curses or generational bondages. When it comes to this, I'm reminded of 1 Kings 22.52. There was a king who, his name was Isaiah, He did evil in the sight of the Lord. 1 Kings 22.52 But his evil in the sight of the Lord found empowerment because of generational curses. The ways that he was raised in. Watch this. It says, He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin. Notice He is walking in the way that was evil in the sight of the Lord, but Scripture says it was the way of his father and the way of his mother, meaning generational curses was empowering Isaiah to rebel or to fail in the sight of the Lord. In transformation phase, we talk and teach in depth regarding what was passed down to you generationally, what was done to you from the moment you were conceived, and what you have done to yourself through choices. If you've never been in growth phases, you can get signed up. The next one starts Thursday, January 12th, and you can be a part of that. But here's what I want some of you maybe to hear, or maybe you're watching. Some of you, your current trend line of bondage is due to you refusing to walk in agreement with God's scriptures. Some of you, your current trend line of being afflicted and oppressed through sin and in bondages and hounded by Satan and his torments is from despising the counsel of God that he's provided in his word. Some of you, you're in a downward trend line and you're in a downward trend line because you're finding yourself walking in the way of your parents or grandparents and who maybe didn't know the Lord Jesus or didn't seek the counsel of God instead of the way of Jesus. Some of you might be in a downward trend line right now because you are prioritizing the way of culture around you instead of the way of God and God's Word. And Jesus, He speaks to this downward trend line. He says, whoever exalts himself. See, the thing with trend lines is it doesn't matter My opinion. When a trend line gets established, it, it, it begins to move you in that trend. And Jesus says the trend line of truth, listen, truth doesn't care if it's me or it's you. It's just truth. And Jesus says whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Meaning, when any person... Resist the trend line of God and His counsel and His word. They get, begin by default to find themselves following in the downtrend line of Lucifer and Satan and humanity and the culture around us. And, and why is that important? Because you weren't created for that trend line, friend. God has a different experience and desire for you. Now there's also what Scripture teaches the trend line of the flesh. The trend line of the flesh is different than a trend line of, of curses and, and Satan and, and the trend line of pride of the nations. The trend line of the flesh means as each, each of us, due to the effect of sin upon our body and our personality, each of us has a negative propensity to some fleshly sins more than others have you ever wondered why you have a a stronger propensity to a certain fleshly temporary lust and sin than another friend you have the point is we all have a propensity to certain fleshly lust more than others when it comes to the trend line of the flesh if you don't learn to deal with that trend line of the flesh the way God has determined it to be dealt with That trend line of the flesh will continue to be in your life. Here's the point. You and I cannot rehabilitate nor redeem nor train or preserve the trend line of our flesh and the propensity to certain temporary pleasures and sin. There's no training those pleasures. There's no training the flesh like that. It reminds me in 2 Samuel 8 verse 1 where God gives an Old Testament example of a reality for the new covenant followers of Jesus and for you and I who live in the day we live in. It says in 2 Samuel 8:1, After this it came to pass that David attacked the Philistines. God uses in the old covenant the Philistines to represent the flesh all throughout Scripture. The flesh is what you and I in our own ability as humans affected by sin can achieve and accomplish. Okay, So God uses the Philistines to represent the flesh. Fallen, sinful, affected humanity. And God uses often David to represent his kingdom and the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So watch this. After this, it came to pass that David attacked the Philistines and subdued them. And David took Mepheg from the hand of the Philistines. Then he defeated Moab. Here it is. Forcing them down to the ground. He measured them off with a line. With two lines, he measured off those to be put to death and with one full line those to be kept alive so the moab moabites became david's servants and brought tribute listen when it comes to some fleshly passions and sins the trend line of those type of propensities of your flesh listen it's two lines and they must those two lines you must drive those passions to experience the provision that the death of christ has made for them You have to put them to death. Listen to me. You cannot play around or tolerate with those trend lines of the flesh. You have to allow the provisions of the cross to put to death those fleshly lusts and its propensities that we all have. Or that trend line will continue to show up in your life. Now, I didn't have time in the first gathering, but I will today. Notice David had another line. And that one was measured just by one line. The one with two lines is what we call a channel. And the downward trend channel means that issue can't keep going up. It is stuck until it goes all the way to experience being put death to death in the ground. But there was another line. Because the flesh also is represented in Scripture to things that God has given you. Okay? Okay human abilities and talents that he's given you, that though they've been affected by sin, okay, you don't have to put them to death. You just have to have a measuring line to now utilize those talents and those propensities and gifts you were born with, but for the glory of God and not the glory of self. okay. But listen, when it comes to fleshly lust and passions, temporary, you, you can never offer those things to God. Those desires, you have to draw two lines, say enough's enough, and God has made provisions in Christ for those trendline desires of the flesh to be put to death. Okay? So there is a downward trend. The downward trend includes the trend of the nations and the abominations of the nations, the trend line of Satan's lawlessness and rebellion against God, the trend line of pride of humanity, and includes the trend line of the flesh. But there's also available an upward trend for you and I this leads us to Psalm 107 verse 1 and 2 the main scriptures we read up front oh give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever let the redeemed of the Lord say so who has redeemed from the hand of the enemy notice what the psalmist says says, give thanks not because everything you see or experience in life is good. That's not what he said. He said, give thanks because God is good. And God is good all the time. I told the first gathering that the undefeatable, the undefeated motto of churches, you can't ever defeat it. It's, it can't ever be defeated. See, some church. Models you can like put to death because you said, you know what, it's just no longer relevant. Like, you know, when I came back to the Lordship of Jesus, one of them was a church alive is worth the drive. You remember that one? And then over time, he said, you know what, it's time to put that one to death. That's a little dated. But here's the all-time one. It's undefeated. You ready? God is good. God is good. I was telling Michelle in the car the other day, I said, you know what? I used to, you know, my flesh get tired of hearing it, but I started thinking about it. It's relevant whether it was 1998 when I first started hearing it and coming back around the church, or whether it's 2022. Why? Because think about it. What it's saying is, is God is good, and He's good all the time. So it's relevant in 1998 as it's relevant now. It is the undefeated church motto. So I can't give those churches where that's their motto, I can't give them a hard time, because you cannot defeat that statement. And what the psalmist here is reminding you and I is the reason we're to give thanks is because God is good and His goodness doesn't change. Meaning we don't give thanks to God based off circumstances or what we see and experience. We're to give thanks because God is good and that's unchanging. Now watch this. Because He is good though, you and I can expect to experience some things. See, we get it mixed up. We think... That God is good because He did something for us. And because He did something for us, therefore He's good. That's what the psalmist say. no, you don't understand. God is good, and because He's good, that's why He's done something for us. It's not our experience that dictates whether God's good. It's God is good, and because He's good, we can have a different trend line and a different experience in our life. And what does the psalmist say? Because God is good because he's good, you can expect that he'll be merciful with you. That it doesn't matter how long you've been in a downward trend. It doesn't matter how long your heart's been stuck in a downward trend away from God or a downward trend of pride or a downward trend of lawlessness or how long you've been stuck in the downward trend of Satan's rebellion and lawlessness and swept up in the trend line of the nations and its abominations. Because God is good, you can expect because He's good, something is available for you today and that you can experience His mercy. His mercy. Because his mercy endures forever. And then it says, whom he has redeemed from the hand of his enemy. Because God is good, you and I can know that the trend line of God is the same. The trend line that the psalmist talks about, the trend line of God that David experienced, the trend line of God that Abraham experienced, the trend line of God is the same because God is good. And because he's good, his trend line is consistent. And because he's good, he offers mercy to you and I. And his trend line also means he'll deliver us from the hand of our enemies because he's good. That's the trend line of God. His goodness. Look at verse 6 of Psalm 107. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses, and he led them. Forth by the right way that they may go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness. Look at verse 13. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. Look at verse 19. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. Look at verse 28. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble and He brings them out of their distresses. Do you see the trend line of God? Do you see the trend line of God? That it doesn't matter how long you've been stuck in a downward trend of pride, self-dependency, self-trust, self-glory, a downward trend of captivity, whether it's because of generational sins in your life or because of your own intentional disobedience to the known words and counsel of God for your life. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the downtrend. God says if you'll cry out to Him, you can expect because He's good, mercy to be available, and He'll deliver you out of your distresses. Ain't that good news? If you'll cry out to the Lord today, regardless of how long you've been in a downtrend, He will deliver you out of your distresses. This is the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God, you and I can learn to trust in, is because He's good. And because He's good, you and I can learn to expect His faithfulness. Listen to me. And His faithfulness is not based on whether we've been faithful or not. He is faithful even when we've been unfaithful. He is unchanging even if we have been changed. He has an upward trend available even if you and I have been stuck in a downward trend. And here's the good news. That right where you're at, you can... Come to know the faithfulness of God. That if you'll just turn to Him, if you'll talk to Him, if you'll talk to Him about what you've been stuck in, that God will deliver you from those distresses. Ain't that good news? Hallelujah. Now let me clarify up front, because you know, it's hard for us not to preach holistically here and just highlight one truth, but we want to guard your mind from going to the other air without seeing the other side. There's two types of main distresses that the scriptures talk about. Another way to say that is there's two types of sufferings. Or there's two types of trouble. Meaning, I'm okay with you getting in what scripture calls good trouble. But I don't want you to get into what scripture calls bad trouble. There is what scripture calls good distress and there's what scripture calls bad distress. There's what's called Good suffering and there's what's called bad suffering. What's the difference? Well, when it comes to bad suffering, when it comes to bad distress, and when it comes to bad trouble, you and I, because God is good, can learn to expect that every time we turn to Him and cry out to Him, He will deliver us from it. Every time. So he said, they cried out to the Lord. And he delivered them out of their distresses. That's the distresses he's talking about. The ones that you and I can't forever expect will be removed from our life in this age is what Peter calls suffering for his namesake or for righteousness' sake. Meaning there's a type of suffering that's called good suffering. It's when you suffer for choosing to obey God rather than the opinions of man. When you choose to do what's right in God's eyes regardless if it's right in men's eyes that is what's called suffering for righteous sake. And because we are the people of God that bear his name Jesus Satan in his kingdom always seeks to oppose us as we move forward to obey God. And so there is a suffering for his name's sake. And the Bible says that when that happens we should rejoice. That is a blessed thing to suffer for doing what's holy and right. But we don't want to suffer unnecessarily if we're going to have to suffer for righteousness sake. Amen. And here's the point. Some of you, you haven't learned the difference between those troubles, that distress. And so you're allowing things to distress you and weigh on you that God wants you to crowd them, and He'll deliver you of. He'll deliver you from that weight He'll deliver you from that bad kind of anxiety, that bad kind of trouble, that bad kind of distress. This is what 1 Peter 5, 6 alludes to. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Notice that. God has a mighty hand that can lift you up out of that downtrend. That can lift you up out of those Bad kind of distresses that can lift you up out of that bad kind of suffering. Suffering that's unnecessary. Suffering that God doesn't intend for you to experience. He can lift you up out of it. But I don't know about you, but I have found in my journey of following Jesus, at times I found it difficult to get the actual picture of what it looks like, practically, to humble myself before the Lord. I don't want to do the false humility. That's why some people get stuck and allow distresses that God wants to deliver them from to stay in their life because they accept a false humility. Well, I never can speak the truth in love. I I never can speak up for what's right. I have to just accept all things. I don't know. What is true biblical humility? Well, listen, we get a picture of it in our psalm. Look at verse 1 of Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Those who have accepted the trend line of God or are accepting the trend line of God to start working in their life, an upward trend for them. Listen, those who have been humbled, they give God thanks. They give God thanks because He's God and and you're not. We give God thanks because He's good and we're not. We give God thanks because He's good and we're not. Postures of those who have been humbled as they give God thanks. Listen to me. We have a cultural springboard here in America to help you and I be reminded of what is to be a posture consistently of us who are humbled before Almighty God, of giving thanks. Of giving thanks. I told my family, I said, listen, y'all need to stop calling this the Thanksgiving meal. I said, this is a Thanksgiving buffet. I mean, you, wait. listen, when you have fixed more dishes than your plate can hold, that's a buffet, that's not a meal. I eat meals all the time. One meat, two sides, a little dessert, and a drink. Thank you. They're fixing buffets. And the point is, you and I, despite all the issues and complexities of life in the times we live in, we have to be mindful of the things that we are to be thankful for despite all the other issues that's going on. Secondly, look at verse 6. Then they cried out to the Lord in into trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses, and He led them forth by the right way, that they may go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness, and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Notice what they did. They cried to the Lord. You know what that is? That's a picture of prayer. Prayer is just talking to God. It's crying out to Him and say, God of heaven and earth, as revealed in Jesus, I need your help. I need your help with this issue. I need your help with this distress. I need your help in this area of my life. A posture of those humbled is they turn to God. They turn to God. Why? Because they know He's good and because He's good, He always has mercy available. He always has His mighty hand to deliver us out of the distresses that we're facing that we don't have to continue to face. Whether it's in our finances or on choosing the right career for our life or where to go to school or in relationships. The next one we see is in verse 21. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 22. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving And declare His works with rejoicing. One of the postures of those who have been humbled is they give the sacrifices of Thanksgiving. You know what the sacrifices of Thanksgiving is? Listen, when I'm there and my family's not made a meal of Thanksgiving, but a buffet of Thanksgiving, it's very easy to give thanks. Because constantly everything I see with my eyes reminds me of the provisions of God. And a reason to give thanks. But what about the seasons where everywhere you look, you don't see reminders that He's good? What about seasons, right? Where your tears are not tears of joy, but it's tears of sorrow. And there's pain. And there's disillusionment. And there's confusion. And there's not a lot of outward things to remind you. This is what Scripture calls the sacrifices of thanksgiving. It's you sacrifice beyond what you're seeing and feeling to the reality that He's good. And He's good regardless of what I'm seeing. He's good regardless of what's happening in the world. He's good regardless of the downtrend of the nations. He's good and He's always good. And therefore, I sacrifice beyond the immediate with thanksgiving. Part of the sacrifice of thanksgiving includes our giving. You know in our culture one of the current trends Right is Black Friday We go out and we get 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 in most people in an ungodly manner through debt Meaning we get through means that we don't have And then it comes Tuesday and we feel guilty Or we feel guilty that we've got so much So we create giving Tuesday After getting Friday See, the trend line of pride is get first, then give. Wonder if God did that to you and I. Wonder if He said, once I get some sons and daughters, then I'll give my son. Well, He never gets sons and daughters. He gave His son so that you and I then could become sons and daughters of the Most High. Meaning, in the kingdom, we give first and then we receive. This is part of the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Here's the next one. Verse 22, it goes on right there and says, declares his works. A posture of the humbled is they declare God's works. They're unashamed. They're unashamed to testify to the working of God in their life. He saved me when I was a sinner. I cried out to Him and He delivered me from my distress. We declare the works of God. We declare unashamedly that He is the God that dried up the Red Sea for His covenant people. And when the enemy tried to pursue what God used as protection for His people, it became calamity for those that weren't His people. We declare the works of God. That's a posture of the humble. Here's another one. Look at verse 32. Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. Now, I don't know about you, but I like a good one-on-one with the Lord session in my car. I used to have tinted windows where I could get real wild, you know, because you couldn't really see in there. But I don't have tinted windows really anymore. So, nevertheless, you can find me at times on the roads right here where I am jamming with Jesus, baby. Communion with the Holy Spirit. And you know what, though? As much as I like that and enjoy that, that's not all God's commanded for me. Because the postures of the humble, notice what it says. I'm not just to exalt God when I'm alone and sing with Him alone. I'm to exalt God in the assembly of God's people, like what you're doing. Postures of the humble as we realize God wants us to praise Him and exalt Him amongst the company of brothers and sisters and the community of those who follow Jesus. Lastly we see here, I want to highlight in Psalms 107 the posture of those humble, verse 36 there he makes the hungry dwell that they may establish a city for a dwelling place postures of the humble as they're a part in establishing more dwelling places of God and I don't just mean, we're not talking about this local church, because this name dwelling place is a scriptural name obviously Listen, God wants more places and more cities and more nations where He can dwell by His Spirit, where He can start new trend lines, Upward trend lines to move individuals and families and societies and nations out of the trend line of lawlessness and the downward trend line of deception of Satan into the upward trend of God of experiencing His goodness and His faithfulness and His mercy and His deliverance and seeking His counsel and His ways. So a posture of the humble is that we all are a part intentionally in the process of making more hearts, more homes, more places, a place where God dwells by His Spirit. Amen. Now, Paul summarizes in the New Testament the trend line of God the New Covenant. He talks about God's trend line of mercy towards the unbeliever. In 1 Timothy 1.16, you remember Saul, they laid the garments when they stoned Stephen, the first one to die for the name of Jesus. They laid them at a, young man's feet named Saul well Saul met Jesus and Jesus said you're persecuting me he said who are you Lord he said I'm the one you're persecuting and he surrenders his life to the Lord Jesus Christ see Jesus is Lord whether you and I surrender to him or not there's no one changing that but Paul surrendered to his lordship. He responded correctly. And notice what he says in 1 Timothy 1.16. However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ mo- might show all suffering as a pattern, as a trend line to those who are going to believe on Him for everlasting life. The trend line of God is that He's merciful. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the trend line of sin, and it doesn't matter how long the trend line of sin has taken you, and how long you have practiced uh, habits of the trend line of lawlessness and sin and Satan. God's trend line pattern is He'll be merciful to you if you'll turn and acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus and give Him your life. Secondly, Paul then talks about the trend line of truth. For those who follow Jesus. In 2 Timothy 1.13 he says hold fast to the pattern of the sound words. Notice there's a trend line of truth for all God's people. That dictates for us what following Jesus looks like. And then Philippians 3.17 he says the trend line of God. He says brethren join in following my example. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. There's a pattern for the new people of God, the new creation of living a crucified life and walking by faith and walking in the Spirit. And he says that trend line is a pattern of what following Jesus actually looks like. The word of God, the will of God that He will be merciful to sinners who call on Him and then the way of God. So there is a downward trend line. God offers humanity another trend line because He's good. And because he's good, he'll provide mercy and he'll deliver those who call upon him. But lastly, I want to talk about what's called a sideways trend. Because some of you, you are in the trend line of God. You have responded correctly to, to Jesus Christ and what God has done and provided through his goodness and his mercy. But you find yourself in a disorienting trend in the season. This is where the sideways trend or what's called a sideways channel comes into play. And when it comes to stocks in the stock market, a sideways trend is when the price of a stock trades within a fairly stable range without forming any distinct movement or trends over a period of time. What it means is, is at the bottom there's, there's price support. So the stock won't drop below that price because there's a bottom of people when it gets that, that will buy so that creates what's called a bottom then the stock can't get above a certain price because once it hits that top price people sell and so it gets stuck in what's called a sideways trend sideways channel and when you think about this and then you think about the ways of God I think about The story of Job. I have met very few people over the years. or read very few things. That actually gets the revelation. That God is seeking us to get out of the book of Job. And I'm not going to tell you it today. Because that would take all the fun out of it for you. But I'll I'll give you some help. If you'll just read the beginning and the end. Then that will help you understand. All that happens in the middle. And here's the point. Job said in Job 23.8. I look to go forward. But he's not there. And I look backwards, but I, he's not there, and I cannot perceive him. Listen, Job was hedged in. He was hedged in by God. And you know why? That's why right after that in Job 23.10, he says this, When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Job was stuck in a sideways trend, because listen to me, God was seeking to get a display outwardly in Job's life of something God knew he had placed inwardly. And Job was stuck in a sideways trend. He couldn't move forward and move forward in the will of God that God had for him. And he wasn't backsliding. Read the scripture. They all accused him of backsliding. He wasn't backsliding. But he was stuck. He was hedged in. And he was hedged in until there became an outward display that God was after of what God knew he had placed inwardly of Job. And the book tells you what it is and when it happened, if you'll read it and read it slowly and read it depending on the spirit. But here's the point. Some of you feel hedged in. Some of you, you're not necessarily backsliding. You're still showing up to the gathering. You're talking to God and praying. But you're not seeing great movement forward of the trend line of God taking you into new open doors or into the new space that God has for you. experiencing more promises. Listen to me. And you might be hedged in in a sideways trend and it's because God is after something. He's after getting what He's placed in you through a new birth and an aspect of it getting displayed outside of you. And until then, you're hedged in. Hebrews 6, 1 through 3 speaks like this. I remember this was a scripture, verse 3, that baffled me for years. But the writer of Hebrews says, Leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Did you know the chair you sit in, according to the biblical use of the word perfection, is perfect? Because the biblical word for perfection means that something has reached the end intended for it. The creator of that chair intended it for hold, to hold you, and it's doing it. Therefore, in the biblical sense, the chair you're in is perfect. Biblical perfection is you and I reaching the end intended by our creator for us. It's not perfect in the way we talk about in the English language. It's perfect that we've reached the end that God intended. And notice God's will is that we would reach that end. That we would not just stay with the basics of what it means to relate to Jesus. But we would go on towards this biblical maturity. But look at verse 3. And this we will do if God permits. It was the most baffling scripture to me for years. Till God showed me more of His ways. And this speaks to the sideways trend. God will not let you go on towards maturity and things He has for you in the future if you are not prioritizing And obeying what he's saying to you now. God will keep you in a sideways channel. Until you let what God wants to do in this season happen. And then he'll let you move forward to what he has for you in future seasons. That's a sideways trend. One of our core values is the maturity journey. That's what it means. And on this maturity journey if you find yourself in a sideways trend. Listen, God is after. Getting an outward display of some aspect of what He has put in you through the new birth. You know, I don't know about you, but I've been around some that are better with faith than others, But then I've been around some that are better with patience than faith. But Hebrews 6.12 says, For you and I to inherit the promise, it takes faith plus patience to inherit the promise. And so maybe you have faith that God's going to get you there in the future, but maybe in this trend line, He's wanting to develop Patience. Maybe some of you have patience. You're like, God, I'm fine to get there, the promise you show me, whether I do it, you know, at 90 or 80. Like Caleb, and we take the land or whatever. And God says, no, you have patience, but now I need you to have faith. It's faith and patience. Listen, when it comes to a sideways trend, here's what I've learned in the stock market. One person buying one stock can't establish a new trend. To break... A sideways trend, and to create a new trend, whether it's upward or downward, it takes a lot of buying or a lot of selling to establish a new trend. This is the same with dwelling place. Listen to me. If we as a community feel like we're in a sideways trend, maybe you do, maybe you don't, it's not going to just take Pastor Chad doing one thing to establish a new trend. It's going to take multiple people doing multiple things for the glory and obedience to God to establish a new trend forward in what God has for this church. Can I hear an amen? That's how new trends are established. Lastly, I want to talk about the trend line of Scarlet. In order for new trends to happen, you need new news. It's been amazing. It could be a day or it could be a week that a stock or the stock market's been stuck in a downward trend. And all it takes is one person to say something on the news and instantly you have a reversal and an upward trend starts. If you want a new trend in your life, get new news. If you feel stuck in a downward trend, you need new news and this is where Jesus Christ comes in. That God has provided the news, the good news of His Son, Jesus Christ. Come on, man. See, listen to me. A lot of people think that what preachers and followers of Jesus are doing is we're giving an opinion. We're not giving an opinion. I need the people in the nation to know. I need my co-workers to know. I need my neighbors to know. I need the whole world to know that what I'm talking about and what we're talking about as church is we're not giving an opinion. We're declaring news. And I understand the confusion... Because we live in a world now where Satan is using culture to confuse definitions of words. Why? Because when when we're not on the same page of a definition, then it destroys discourse. Think about it. When there's confusion over definitions, confusion over definitions destroys discourse. Because it takes an hour just to know what we mean by the words we use. And by that time, we're all emotionally empty and we say you know what we're not going to get anywhere we stop the conversation. This is why Satan is working in this culture to destroy biblical definitions of what it means to be a man and a woman and marriage and what is truth. There can't be your truth if your truth doesn't go with truth. Because it destroys dialogue. It destroys discourse. And so when I talk about news, I know there's now even a distortion of that. Was it fake news or real news? Listen to me. News is real news by definition. It's just reporting something that's already happened. There's no slant. There's no opinion. You're just declaring an event that's already taken place and as followers of Jesus we have good news it's not an opinion it's not we're putting our slant on it we're not even interpreting it we're declaring what has already happened God has acted on behalf of humanity that's been stuck in a downward trend and God has acted in His Son Jesus the King being crucified and being raised to life and we're not giving an opinion we're declaring what's already happened God raised him from the dead. He was seen by many for 40 days. People who had died believing that God would provide a way was raised to life and walked around the city of Jerusalem. The government had to pay off corrupt religious leaders who rejected Jesus to lie because there was no body God bore witness through signs and wonders and the power of spirit for generations because it's the trend line of God. Listen to me, we're not declaring an opinion. We're just declaring an event that's already happened. And because the event has happened, a new trend line can start for you today. A trend line of where your heart has maybe felt captive or your head captive, or your hands, captive, or your life, or your lineage, or your family lineage, captive. God offers now a new trend line because He provided the trend line of scarlet, the blood of Jesus can start a new trend line. In the Old Testament, God gives the example. His people's going in to take the city Jericho. They send two spies. and, And Rahab, who's been stuck in a downward trend, who laid down for men in the downward trend of making money through prostitution, she takes the spies and she tells them this, I've heard the news. I've heard what your God has done through a mighty hand. He brought you out of slavery, out of Egypt. He dried up the Red Sea. He's already delivered other kings into your hand. And I know that your God is the one true God. See, new news changed her entire trend line. Her and her family got saved. The only ones that wasn't destroyed in the besieged, the plundering. She heard the news and hid the spies. Today we hear the good news and we hide the response, the spirit of Christ in our hearts. And then we confess that He's Lord. She responded correctly to the news. How do you respond to the news? It's already happened. You and I can't change that. It's our response that determines what trend line takes place. Whether we stay in the downward trend of sin and lawlessness and Satan or we begin to experience the upward trend of God because the path of the righteous winds upward. I want to tell you that a trend line can be established. That you now can be redeemed from the aimless conduct of your ancestors and the tradition you received from your forefathers as 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. That God now starts new trend lines, not by silver and gold, but He has provided the precious blood of Jesus Christ His Son. And you and I can have a t- new trend line from aimless conduct, from a sense that we have no purpose, that we're just existent. We can have a new trend line that breaks the trend line of bondages and addictions and oppression and Satan's fear of our life. And we can come to know the trend line of God because Hebrews 9.14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ through the eternal Spirit who offered Himself without spot cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Do you need a heart and a mind and a conscience to be cleansed because you've been stuck in a downward trend? A downward trend of sin or rebellion or downward trend of captivity to Satan's plan? Listen to me. The blood of Jesus can cleanse your conscience where you can know God can use me again. That the mighty hand of God can lift you up out of that downward trend and God can tell you I can use you my child. I can use you again. I can fill you with my spirit and I can get out of your life great glory and great purpose with every head bowed every eye closed maybe you're listening you say Pastor Chad I want out of the downward trend I want out of the downward trend maybe for you it's just a downward trend of a 10 day moving average maybe it's you you look past over this year and you've been in a downward trend for some of you maybe it's been your whole life your whole life's been in a downward trend of you being your own king your own God and you say I want the trend line of God and because of the blood of Jesus I know there is mercy available. I know God is ready to forgive. The pattern and the trend line of God is to deliver those that call upon Him. And you want Jesus to deliver you today. You want the blood of Jesus to start a new trend line if you like. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Let me see your hand. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.